0: Hello, Rabbi. Good evening, Joe. And once again, hello, Father Kelly. So good to see you. For our audience who missed the first part of this uh, uh, recording, Rabbi Kelly, no, Rabbi Block and Father (laughs) Kelly. Hey,
1: it works for me.
0: (laughs) uh, Co-officiate many a wedding uh, without condition, as some of you may have heard. So there's no restrictions at all on having an interfaith wedding as far as you guys are concerned?
2: Father Kelly and I have absolutely none. The event is not conditional. It's not tied to anything else. We are here to enhance your relationship with God through each of your faiths. That's what we do.
1: My goal is always to meet the couples where they are and not where they quote-unquote should be, whatever that means. And so when I hear couples say, well, you know, we talked to some other, you know, like priest and he'll do the wedding with, even with the rabbi, but you know, we have to be a member of his church to sign up for and be there for eight months, a year, before we can even go and take the next step to begin the process, the marriage process, or what the Catholic church calls the pre cana process. And I said, I don't require any of that. I mean, if you want to join, you're welcome, but that's not part of the deal. I find that there's always so many rules that we have that we put on people when it comes to any kind of special life cycle events. It's just, to me, they wonder why in the Catholic Church we're losing members. Part of it is that we collectively, leadership, push folks away instead of welcoming people in.
2: And the same thing is true in Judaism. And so we want to bring anyone in Everyone's welcome with no conditions.
0: So father, there's no requirement to do the pre-marital uh, classes that are so popular. among. Well,
1: I, I do all that. I do all the pre-marriage class. I do it myself. Many priests even now send people out to some pre-cano or marriage prep weekend retreat or a series of talks. So um, I went on to get way more training years ago in counseling. I do all the counseling with the couple myself. And and, what the good part about doing the counseling with the couple is I get to know the couple. So there's a real sense of connection. So come to a wedding, they aren't just two names on a piece of paper, but I have a sense of who these folk are and what their story's about.
2: Right. And I do the same thing, Mike, without the formality of requiring. But one of the fascinating things is the couples that were married. They come to us, and what do they ask? I have a baby. Can we have the baby
1: baptized to have the naming? And we say, yeah, we can do it. What do you want to set the
2: date? And one of the things we've started doing is telling couples when we marry them. I had a, I met a couple and accidentally said to them, they said, what are you doing? What's new? And I said, oh, Father Kelly and I are doing a baptism and naming the Jewish Interfaith couple, and their mouths dropped open. They said, "You can't do that! How can you do that?" And I said, "We just did, and we will set a date for your kids." And what we've started doing is telling couples when we marry them, because no one believes they wouldn't think to ask us because they they, they believe it can't be done, right, Mike? So they're not going to yeah. ask. And, and so I, I often have said to folks, you know, we're full
1: service. We you know we do the whole thing here. And I think it's, it helps to relieve their minds because often they feel like they're getting married because they love each other and want to make a life together. They want to have kids, but they feel like they're walking into this minefield where there's
2: no other options for them down the road when they have children. And so in Judaism, we don't have, the, we don't have baptism as is that, but we have a naming ceremony, a covenant ceremony. So we meld just like our weddings, and we meld it together. And when it comes to the specific bringing the child into the covenant of Abraham, I do that and give the child a name. And then when it comes to the the oil and the water, Mike does that, but the whole ceremony, we do it together. And the same
1: thing with the water bath, I talk about how the, you know, the water baptism is based on the Jewish water bath, And that's why, even like when John the Baptist in the Bible is baptizing folk in the Jordan River, all the people there in the story are Jewish. And so, you know, later on, the early Christian church takes that water bath concept and makes it into baptism. So a lot of the rituals we have, the Catholic tradition,
0: are, are heavily based on Jewish rituals. So just to recap for our listeners, especially those out there curious about these specific ceremonies, neither the church nor any part of rabbinical law or the Torah requires exclusive rights or any kind of, or forbids any kind of interfaith ceremony, whether it's marriage or naming or confirmation or any of the other ceremonies? People,
2: Joe, have created the wall. Show me why, what harm is there in bringing the child into the covenant of Abraham and then baptizing the child. At some point, the child will make a decision at, at which way their faith draws them. But the barriers, just like the weddings we do, are all a human creation, are saying we can't, you can't, it's forbidden, you're not, you can't do that. As Father Kelly pointed out, anointing and dipping or sprinkling is the Mm mikvah. And it's a way to bring the child into the covenant of the church. And we bring the child into the covenant and give them a Hebrew name. Show me the harm, show me the foul. So if you are having
0: trouble with your rabbi or your priest who says, no, you can't do that. Forget that interfaith nonsense. Go to Rabbi Block at RabbiOnTheGo.com or give a call to Father Kelly at St. Martin's in DC, and they will take care of you because they don't have anything to do except make the world a slightly better place for all of us.
2: Thank you both very much. Oh, you're very welcome. And to leave at the end of the baptism naming ceremonies, we get the same responses when we do a wedding together. Everyone feels God's spirit, Everyone says, I now can believe that you can do that.
1: The last one we did together, why had some of the Jewish grandparents come to me and say, that was beautiful. I would have never thought that this could happen. And they were as delighted as the Catholic grandparents. So it's just interesting how people have all these preconceptions of what they can we cannot do, we being the collective community of God. And when they find out that we can do this as a rabbi and priest, they're thinking, wow. This is like, this was beautiful. This, this made this made sense, is what one of the, the Jewish grandparents said to me a few weeks ago when we were together.
0: Well, to quote Sir Lancelot, with God, all things are possible. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>